is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Spring is around the corner. Make sure to keep checking the website to see when they will be opening, and it should be a fun season at Great Lakes Dragway this year for the 2017 season. Lots of surprises in store. Should be a lot of fun and looking forward to getting out there this year. And also thanks to our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Make sure you check them out on the web at milwcar.com. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com is Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? We're doing pretty good. And uh, joining us, of course, we got Jeff Orlowski producing today. Thank you very much. And then Tony DeZeno in studio. Hey, hello, Eddie. It's only been a week. Hi, hi, Tony. Uh, hey, uh, you haven't gotten in, thrown out of any... <laughs> lately have you <laughs> that's right we never did um for for those wondering we had tony on remote from sebring and actually a mutual friend of our uh john Gorsline, great supporter of racing kind of one of these racing insider types but apparently he runs a pretty tight ship there's in his a, suite. Uh, there's a, an unofficial rule that, you know what, I, I had an encumbered suite visit is what happened, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like you're in there, you're expecting to try to find a quiet place to talk at Sebring because that, as you know, it's it's quite loud. And uh, sometimes you're not supposed to talk on the cell phone in quiet places because Hurley Haywood might walk in. And, you know, that's you know, when, they, when the king walks in. Well, Tony, uh, you know, if Justin Bell would have been okay, he could have talked on his phone. Uh, <laughs> you, you just... You just weren't grandfathered in. I, I would have talked to John and uh, got it all worked out if I would have stayed there. <laughs> we, we, we can laugh about it. You know, it's all good, guys. It's yeah. all good fun. It's, yeah. li- it's live radio at its finest, as Eman and I were, were saying after the fact. But, no, all, all good. So, yeah, no, that's the nice thing about being in the studio is, uh, you know, McGivern hasn't come back in here or anything to say, hey, I need my seat back. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's good. And, uh, so what's going on with you guys? Any more trivia questions? Today? No, no, we're done with the trivia, and uh, we'll, we we'll we're both sleep to... deprived because Melbourne qualifying's on the stupid. Yeah, time it was zone. A, it was a long night, especially <laughs> for Wisconsin fans and basketball fans in general, and then for those of us who also like Formula One. Uh, we had to watch qualifying. Well, qualifying was live after. It was I was playing catch up. I guess one in the morning. It was hard to. T- it was so late. I didn't know if I was watching stuff live or on my off my DVR, but. Uh, Lewis Hamilton got to pole for the first race of the year down in Australia, and uh, it, I I just love I I don't know maybe because it's Australian and it looks nice I I, I think the circuit's kind of neat it's a challenging circuit but uh, I think it's a great way to open up Formula One. No, oh, I think it's I think it's an awesome place. It's it's got so much history and it is a great place to start. Um, as everyone saw, Hamilton got the pole, which wasn't a surprise, but I think the surprise is uh, Ferrari's pedal was only two-tenths of a second off. Um, it, it's looking a little better for them this year. What's nice about it, Eddie, is you know for, for years we've had the, okay, which Mercedes is going to be on pole question, not is Mercedes going to be on pole question. And I think that was good to see because you know, I had a lot of people, you know I, I talked to some folks going in, coming out of the Barcelona test, and they said, oh, the Ferrari hype is for real this year. The Ferrari speed's for real. And I'm like, 
we've seen this song and dance before where they get the headline runs, you know, they, they look quicker and then they falter and, and either through pace or strategy or what have you, they, they don't get there. So uh, it was encouraging to, to see them up there as, as well as it is. Cause we've never really had a real Lewis Hamilton versus Sebastian Vettel title fight where the guys have had close enough equal equipment to where they can actually, you know, trade barbs. It's always been Vettel steals one or Hamilton steals one. It's never, they've never had the same type thing in the same year. Well, you're right. Tony, and I think this year, it, with the rules package changes, um, the cars look a lot nicer, as we've talked previous on the show. I think that uh, you're going to see some good racing. I, I don't, finally, after all these years, I think we're going to finally get some competitive and different winners for a change, and I think it's going to be really good. I, I thought it was interesting last night watching it. You saw, in, especially in the in final qualifying, Valtteri, Valtteri Bodas was hustling that car around the circuit. I mean, he was hanging it all out. And I think in it was the epitome of sometimes slow is faster, where mm-hmm. Hamilton seemed, much, seemed to be so much more under control. And he was going faster, but visually it looked like, you know, Bodas was going to beat him by half a second. That's the irony. Well, and the thing, you know, I mean, he's really wants to show his value and he wants to win, you know, and he, I think you just see a little trying too hard, I think. And that's, you know, look at Danny Ricardo at his home Grand Prix. I mean, those are the things that these drivers are going to have to get used to with these cars. The aero package is completely different than last year. And they're, there's going to be a lot of hustling the car. It's more in a driver's seat, I think, than ever. Uh, okay, I guess yeah, that's a good segue into our next subject here regarding F1. T-bars and shark fins. <laughs> Opinions, gentlemen. Woof. <laughs> it's one one word answer. I, I, I We already saw this with, uh, with Haas's uh, T-wing. It's a little kind of awkward, not mm-hmm. full wing, but kind of half wing, just for listeners to, to envision what it is over the back. And that thing in practice was flexing like mad to where it almost looked like a movable aero device. It just didn't look stable. And the FIA had actually um, reached out and said, hey, you guys need to remove this or or strengthen it before you can put it back on. And it was off before second practice. Uh, And Eddie, for you, I mean, we've seen the shark fins before. We've seen them in sports car racing where they've kind of fully become part of the package. Uh, I don't like the look of it, but I think it's going to be something where once we get used to it, it's not going to be as jarring as it is right now. I think you're right, Tony. I mean, once you get used to it, I mean, when you look at those cars and they're coming at you or on a side, I mean, they completely look different. Uh, I mean, they look like race cars with the with the wider tires in the front and rear. And they definitely have a totally different uh, appearance than last year. And I think you'll just get used to it. I mean, no, we're not going to get used to it because uh, was it Charlie Whiting who said that they're looking to get get rid of him next year? Oh, and Ross Braun, I think, said that, didn't he? They'd, ha- they'd have to get the uh, approval right. of all teams in order to do that. So, um, But, I mean, that's a problem, right? I mean, if something's bad, they can't make an immediate fix on it. It takes the, the next right. round of regs and what have you for the following year to even make something happen. I mean, I think, I think if they even, even came with a compromise where the, the maximum, um, uh, height above the cowling is X amount, 
you know, if it went along the contours of the engine cowling, I wouldn't have an issue with that. But just this big squared off, mm-hmm. you know, fin on there. And same thing with 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 uh, IMSA too. I think we saw last week at the twelve hours. I mean, aesthetically, I, I understand why it's great for sponsors this and that. But I mean, a lot of times there's not even sponsors on there. And then the secondary thing is the with the numbers too. I mean, we that's one thing Ross Braun I think was and and we're seeing this new um, new leadership in Formula One where they want to become more fan fan friendly. And, and fans for years have been saying. Let's get some numbers on these cars so the the more passive Formula One fan knows who's who. Well, I think I think you're totally right, Steve. I think that they do need to make it a little more fan friendly because you can't see any of that. But yeah. the, the ironic part is, a couple of years ago, drivers went to permanent numbers for their career, and yet outside of the diehards, I'm not sure how how that's really resonated. You know, it's like. Hamilton's 44, Botas 77, and Nico Rosberg was six. But yet, since they've adopted this, the champion hasn't even taken on the champion's number one anyway. They stuck with their current. Right. They've stuck with their current numbers. So it, it's making it easier to where it's finally something we've got memorized now. But I don't know to the beyond the appeal if the sorry if the if the numbers have gone beyond the the hardcores that already are understanding it to begin and with. Somebody took two. Who took number two was uh, uh, Van Dorn. Stoffel Van, Van Dorn. Stoffel's from the uh, Frozen Fruit Empire. Uh, he's from Belgium. Oh, not he's, Sto- Oh, Stoffel, not Stouffer's. Well, no, okay. A, a friend, a friend of mine, and I actually think that uh, there should be a, a web series called Waffles with Stoffel. He's Belgian, and you know it'd be a great digital I like series. So. I like that. Uh, up and comers, there's there's some new guys. Well, let uh, first of all let's let's talk about Eddie and and I think you were actually down there when it happened with the Pasco Wordline uh, scratching this this weekend because of what happened in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I I was actually sitting and watched the whole thing transpire. And uh, well, explain to the fans who might not be aware what what happened down there and what kind of cars and. Well, whatnot. he was racing one of those slingshots when at the race of champions. What the heck is a slingshot? I don't know. It's like a three wheel motorcycle. The uh, I, I what do you call it? The KTM, not the KTM Expo, but something similar to that, I think. Three wheeler. Yeah. Well, like the can the can am. Mm. It looks like uh, it's got a big slick in the back. Um, it, it, it's a quirky it, looking it, thing. It, it totally is not something, but, you know, I think it was a Polaris. And uh, they did a sponsorship, so they, they drove those three-wheel motorcycles in the thing. And I knew right when I saw those and they were practicing with them on Friday, I said, there's going to be something that's going to happen. <laughs> And uh, it, it, they were just out of control. On and this was, and, and th- this was at a race of champions that was held uh, down in Miami at the at which, which ballpark? Uh, Marlins Park. I Marlins, believe. yeah, Marlins Park. It was held inside there, and and you know he was battling with Philippe Massa, and I, I think he just took his. He lost where he was coming off the corner, and bad, and he looked over at Massa, and he clipped the wall in the inside and it just took off and it it went and it flipped onto the concrete wall and the next you know if it would have went any further it would have been in the dugout at florida marlins and uh, uh so he got in the car this weekend and basically tony he said 
that you know he just wasn't up to it because he hasn't been able because he I guess he sustained a neck injury and he just hasn't been able to do his cardio I guess yeah the the official verbiage on that has been murky at best I think Sauber's only come out and said he's had a back injury then there's been rumors it was a neck injury and, and Eddie you'd probably would be able to tell better which of the two if not both it was as it was he only had two days in the car of testing at the second test because he missed the first test because he was still recovering and then he did two the two practice sessions on Friday and he's like eh, you know what I mean I, my back's fine but uh, do I really have the fitness to do it? Do I want to compromise the team? Do I, you know, if I'm not giving myself, it's actually a very brave decision because think of, think about where Pascal Verlon has been this off season. Like the dude should have been the heir apparent to Nico Rosberg at Mercedes. Yeah. He's the reserve driver there. He doesn't get that deal. Um, his current team, Manorfolds, he loses the Force India opportunity to Esteban Ocon, who beat him in six races last year, whatever it was. And all of a sudden now it's like, okay, I've got I've got a Sauber drive. Hey, at least I'm still in F1, but now I'm a tail ender. And then I get hurt, and now I can't even drive for the Sauber team in the first race. I mean, you've had all these setbacks in a row, and you're going to willingly take yourself out of it. I mean, good on him for his courage, but from a long-term prospect standpoint, and especially considering how close Antonio Giovinazzi was, he was only two-tenths off on the first day ever at this track. That does not bode well for Verline long term. The guys, guys' prospects have taken a major hit as a result of a, a fun event that's uh, kind of left them in really murky waters. Yeah, I, I agree, Tony. Uh, something like that, you know, when that happens, I mean, let's face it, you're under a microscope as it is. The kid's got talent. He's won in everything he's been in. And now you're in this situation, and – they, it was very murky what was what actually happened, but from what you see, I mean, his I don't know if there was damage done to his helmet, but he was awfully close to hitting his head on the concrete wall when the car, when the three wheel motorcycle flipped over, and uh, I know the passenger got a little hurt too, and they've never really come out or come forward and said what actually was happening and what i did here was it was a neck injury and uh qualifying for the australian grand prix of course we have lewis hamilton on the pole in the mercedes sebastian vettel on the front row in the ferrari valtteri boltas qualified third with uh the second ferrari qualifying fourth oh that that'll be fun those two kids did each other so exactly you know of course last year with hamilton and his starts you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And then we got Max Verstappen in the Red Bull in, in fifth. And then uh, good good qualifying for the American team for Haas Racing. Roman uh, Grosjean qualifying sixth. And then Massa, who, of course, was supposed to retire last year but came back with uh, uh, Boathouse leaving Williams, and then there's no spot for him. So Massa's back uh, with Williams, qualified seventh. And then a Toro Rosso team, uh, eighth and ninth, looking good, in which to – it's my favorite looking car mm-hmm. uh, on on the grid, and then Daniel Ricciardo, uh, of course, uh, having his issues in the in the, in the Red Bull in tenth. Uh, the pink car, Force India opinions. I don't mind it. I don't I, mind it either. I, I I thought I would. I I think the fact that it's kind of a faded, but not like hot, you know, magenta. Right. I think it's kind of. 
uh, and, and Will Buxton, who's our, our NBCSN um, pit reporter, touched on this, and this is a good point. The fact is you got a sponsor in there that was willing enough to say, mm-hmm. we're going to pay enough that you can change your livery, and I don't think people were a fan of the way the Test Force India livery looked anyway. Right. So, you know what? More power to them. It's going to make them stand out. You're not going to get them confused for anything. The problem is just both their helmets are pink now as a result, so that's right. going to make it difficult to, to pinpoint those two. But, no, yeah, I don't mind it. Eddie? Money talks. Yep. Money talks. <laughs> it, and it does. I mean, they'll stand out from everybody. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's cool. And, you know, money does talk. All right, Eddie, you want to hang on for a moment? Or we'll talk so, so quickly on uh, uh, Sebring when we come back. All right. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with their friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the web's MILWCAR.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it's Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Eddie, this is going to be a short segment, but uh, last week, of course, we had the 12 hours of Sebring, and you and Tony were down there. What's the, what, what's the biggest uh, thing that kind of other than obviously the winter and everything, but what what what, what thing kind of sinks in your mind from the weekend last week? Well, I mean, it was as usual. I mean, the weather was the best it's ever been. As long as I've been going down there, it was a great weekend. And, uh, I mean, the Taylor boys win again. And Alex Lynn, you know, first time at Sebring winning. I mean, just, you know, and Corvette getting back to the winner circle again was – you know, it's a great start to the season. Uh, ready for Long Beach now. I think I think that's a that's a good thing in GT because I think that's the most interesting uh, part of IMSA right now. Because if you can can get a rivalry mm-hmm. between the Ford GT Corvette and Corvette, and Ford is an intense rivalry right that's, now, that's and good that's for a, which is what the the series needs, especially yep. because the marquee class, you know. Credit to Cadillac for their reliability so far, but unfortunately, from a show standpoint, right. they, they're not. It's not helping because the Cadillacs are dominant. The Mazdas and Nissans are not reliable. The P2 cars are still fragile and don't have the top end speed that they need. You know, they're lighter. But uh, um, whereas in the GT Le Mans class, having Corvette versus Ford, it gets people stirred up. It's really a passionate thing. There's a lot of Corvette people that hate Ford and a lot of Ford people that hate Corvette. So that's that's good. I mean, and then you got throw the Ferrari in the portion. We touched on BMWs struggles last week and they're they're out to lunch but uh that's what that that needs and and i think that was kind of the, the best takeaway from it otherwise the weather was great but i didn't find it to be the most enjoyable sebring just because it was a long week and it didn't really feel like there was that much uh that, that much action quite honestly well i guess when you get thrown out of somebody's suite i guess you know, <laughs> I, I guess that isn't a remember a great weekend. At no, no, no. It's, it's not even that, Eddie. It's just, it's just a case where I think usually there's a lot more, a lot more passing. Where I, I felt like this year it was kind of a little bit more monotonous than in past years. There was, there were definitely fewer yellows. So you got to give a lot of credit to the the competitors for that. But uh, uh, I, I think you're right, Tony. I mean, Michelin. You know, with with the Michelin uh, shot class. I mean, with the Ford and Chevy battle, and Steve's right. Um, and they have, 
you know, they're all on different tires, compounds, and uh, it, it's really going to make the season pretty exciting because those combinations aren't going to work every weekend. And as you saw it in, at Sebring, you know, I mean, the Corvette, as when the sun went down, it went faster. Predictions for this weekend. We got NASCAR in Fontana. Eddie, what's your pick? Um, I don't want to follow you guys. I'll, I'll say uh, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Are we writing these down? Yep, I got them. You got them? All right. Uh, Tony? Uh, again, the Larson pick is uh, it's tempting, but I, I, yeah, I'm i not going to go that route. I'm going to go Denny Hamlin instead. Denny outside Hamlin. Of, outside of the front row. Jeff, how about you? I'm going to take Truex. Martin Truex. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is I, he's, he's got to win he's sooner or later, right? He's got to win a race. How about the Australian Grand Prix, Eddie? I got to go with Hamilton. Hamilton. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I, I, again, I want to pick Vettel. I just still can't trust Ferrari until they actually it's like show Jeff? him. Beat him straight up. I'll take the field. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's do that. That's actually fair. Okay. Field, and I will go with field also. Since I took chalk in the last one, I'll go field. I like that. (laughs) That is a a way to make it happen until we – I mean, Eddie, that's got to be something you're looking forward to, the F1 this year, that it is going to be a different – you know, not just a Mercedes runaway, hopefully. No, I, I think you're right, Tony, and I, I really think that it's about time, too. Um, these last eight years, it's just, you know, it's one team dominating every year, and I think with these packages and the engineers, I think it's going to be exciting. I think tomorrow's race is going to be really exciting. Yeah, and I think with Red Bull, you know, see see what they can pull through with the uh, – uh you know, with the arrow packages that they have coming in and hopefully we'll, you know, it, you know, I mean, the, the scary thing is Bodas is going to be pushing Hamilton. And if, if that just makes Hamilton push that much more, I mean, it could be a reverse effect. It could, who knows, but that, 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 that's the scary part of it is Bodas, Bodas pushing Hamilton. Eddie, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And make sure to check out his stuff along with Jack Webster and his great photography at RacingNation.com. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe, and we'll get the rest of the latest in the world of NASCAR on the final inspection on the fan. Hey, guys, it's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer out here at 123 Capital Drive in Milwaukee. And here we're having a great time out here at Boost Mobile. Come on out here and get hooked up. If you are a member of another phone company looking to make that switch, you get a free Samsung Galaxy for making the switch. Hey, Metro PCS and Credit customers, talking to you too. Tired of family plans with data limits? Treat yourself to a tax season boost and switch to Boost Mobile's best family plan ever. Get four lines, all with unlimited gigs of high-speed data for just $100 a month. That's four lines, unlimited gigs of high-speed data for just $100 a month, all on their crazy, fast nationwide network. Think about it. You're probably paying double right now for a family of four. Goodbye, Metro PCS. See you, Cricket. Hello, Boost, and the best family plan ever. What are you waiting for? Get down here to 123 Capitol Drive in Milwaukee. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on a fan. Welcome back to the final inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Dennis Michelson along with Lori Monroe here for your NASCAR fix. And Lori Monroe, 
I need some help this week. You need help every week. What's the difference? <laughs> well, I need a little more help this oh, week. Oh, okay. But how can how can I help you? Specifically, I need help understanding NASCAR. Oh, Lord. Good luck. There's okay. no book available, I don't think. Very simple, okay? I'm a very okay. simple person, as we've learned over the well, years. Well, yeah. So Friday, last Friday, yes. Yes. out at the racetrack, when they were explaining why there were no penalties given to Kyle Busch and Joey Logano for their fight. Yes. They specified and said the reason we didn't penalize Kyle Busch or Joey Logano is because they didn't use their cars <laughs> as weapons. This is correct. Okay. So that was Steve O'Donnell from yep. NASCAR saying this. One day later, Austin Dillon used his car as a weapon against Cole Custer. And, and of course... The only penalty they've given to Austin Dillon is saying, shame, shame, don't do that again. So the question I have for you is, if you're going to define where the line is, and then the drivers cross that line instantly, do you now have anything goes in NASCAR? Uh, I don't think you have anything goes. I think there's probably, uh, I still sort of fall back to the, the thought that, every instance is an individual situation and they don't really, there's no black and whites, but this whole deal about using the car as a weapon, either it is or it isn't. And you look back to the deal with, with uh, Kyle Bush a couple of years ago, um, lambasting Ron Hornaday under caution, same deal. And like the world basically came to an end at that point. So I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, it's like all they really, they're giving, they're giving Dylan a pass because he has bad aim, I guess. Like God help him. If he ever tries having kids, the guy's (laughs) obviously got bad aim. So they let him go with that. I don't understand that myself. And a lot of fans don't understand it. And there's an uproar about it. And that's just not good for NASCAR. They, they're not consistent whatsoever. And it's their lack of any sort of consistency that I think makes them look not only foolish. Well, it makes them look like amateurs. But but I think it also confuses the drivers. Yeah, you know, drivers, they've always said, well, NASCAR has this line in the sand. We're really not sure where this line is. And you you hear Dylan, I think, after this, uh, that, that incident, saying that NASCAR said, you know, boys have at it. He said something to that effect. He he recalled back on one of those statements NASCAR's, NASCAR had, and he's going with that. So it, it just seems to change with the wind with NASCAR, and I really think sometimes it has to do with who's possibly going to get the penalty, if they should get a penalty, what their past history is, who's their who their pop-pop is. Oh, sorry. You know what I mean? It's just it, – it just looks bad. It looks bad favoritism within NASCAR with the rules has always been one of those things that people have looked at and said, okay, that's the way it is. But what has Austin Dillon done in his career to get a free pass from NASCAR? Is it just the fact that his grandfather's in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I don't know if it's lineage. You look back on the the deal with Dale Jr. back when he he he'd used an expletive in victory lane after winning a race and he got fined by NASCAR for that. And 
if he isn't a guy with extraordinary NASCAR lineage, I don't know who is. So it's it's really seems to be a pick and choose type thing. I cannot explain it. Don't could know. You, could you imagine the uproar if an Xfinity regular making a rare start in the Cup Series did the same thing to a Cup driver? You know, you want to think it would be a big deal, but who can even say what would happen now? The only thing Austin Dillon really had going for him was he caused his car a lot more damage than he did Custer's car. And whether NASCAR is using that as, as, to factor that in, if you want to explain it all away, I guess you could go that route. Once again, I'm just having a hard time understanding what they're doing. Let's go on to another subject because I'm also in yeah. a in a lurch on this one as well. Did we have oh, a better boy. race at Phoenix? <laughs> Eventually. Okay. So you, the race You know, I I, I got to say this this whole um stage thing, I'm kind of getting to like that. And you've got to admit there's no more phantom cautions because of that, which sort of uh That's been good. puts a check mark beside the phantom caution situation over the last few years. So, you know, it's sort of, it, it makes it interesting. It, it really does. It, it, it does sort of up the ante to a certain degree. And I think the drivers are really seeing that, boy, oh boy, you can get a lot more points if you finish well. And I think that is paying off. I, I really think they, they kind of nailed it with this. I'd like to see NASCAR get a little bit more efficient in how they run these brakes because they're burning about 10 laps on average to, to go ahead and, and do the stage stop and the pit stops and the commercial break and coming back. And that would be fine if those were the only times the television partners were taking a break, but five minutes into the racing in the next segment, and they're on commercial break again. I mean... But, but, but look at the amount of commercials they can sell, though. It's, it's incredible. But the question is... Look at is, how many more hot dogs can be sold in the stands the, or in the, the concessions. The question that was brought up by one of our great listeners, Ken, last week, who emailed me in about this, he said, you know, these stage breaks and all are fine, but is NASCAR losing fans? Are they going ahead and with the length of time for these breaks, because it's about a 10-minute break between stages... Are people changing the channel and not coming back? Only if you're a channel changer like you. I'm not a <laughs> channel changer. I sat happily through every commercial we've ever had in NASCAR. These breaks, it's almost like you got to catch your breath. As So far this year, you almost have to catch your breath as we're coming to the end of a stage because there has been some crazy stuff going on. And because you want to see how all this plays out, how these – stages do shake down as the year goes on you want to see what strategies these guys and their crew chiefs are going to throw at it i find it interesting i really really do so either you're a race fan and you'll sit through a plague of locusts a rainstorm whatever or you're just a, a channel clicker and you get really bored because you've seen the same Genuvia commercial with the person walking around with a headache and, and seeing double vision. Just can't take one more round of that. So you go over to the Golf Channel and they got a whole new disease they're covering. Good luck with that. I'd rather sit, stomach the, the NASCAR commercials that are on, whatever they're running, and get back to racing. It's, it's not a big inconvenience. It's not like I had to drive anywhere. 
And they're doing a Suck pretty up, good. Michelson. They're doing Jeez, a pretty though. good job of giving us this side by side coverage during a lot of commercial breaks, which I think they're doing it, a good job. Yeah, yeah, it makes you keep watching the little screen at the bottom. So, getting back to my question, did we have a better race at Phoenix compared to what? <laughs> Com- compared to the week before. Oh, the week nobody before. The, where were, nobody where were we the week before? Las Vegas with the fight. Oh, yeah, here's, and that's. That's what you that's what you remember. So the Phoenix race, I don't know. I think it was a better race. I really do. I I kind of came away with that thinking instead of giving Vegas another race, let's give Phoenix another race next season. I I thought it was pretty good. And they're going to be reconfiguring the track and the grandstands and everything at Phoenix is spending a lot of yeah. money to, to change that place around. But I thought the race was better, and I thought the Xfinity race is the first time I've been entertained by the Xfinity race all year long. But nobody seemed to care. The week before, there's a fight. Everybody in the sports media yeah. world is going crazy about NASCAR and talking about NASCAR. They put on a good show, and nobody seems to care. Yeah, well... They want they want drama. They want yeah. drama. I, I guess they do want drama. In the penalty scoreboard for uh, last week out there at Phoenix, two teams got some pretty big penalties. Brad Keselowski's team catching a 35-point fine uh, for the car being too light. So apparently shed some pounds during the race out there at Phoenix. That's going to happen in 95-degree heat. Even the car is going to go on a diet. And uh, Kevin Harvick gets 10-point mm-hmm. penalty, and their crew chiefs will get suspended, and all that kind of good stuff. It just shows that don't have your car be light. Get out of the car and start swinging at somebody. That's the answer. <laughs> it's going to keep you out of trouble. But uh, that's the, your yeah. scoreboard on the penalty that. side of things out there at uh, at Phoenix International Raceway. And, of course, California Speedway coming up this weekend. They've already had a delay during practice yesterday for an owl. They already had one, oh, car, yeah. one car totally demolished by grass. It should be a fun weekend out here at California Speedway. Yeah, when grass writes your car off like it did the 48 yesterday, God knows what's going to happen. But this owl, I wonder, was it somebody from another life? Maybe it was a NASCAR driver that was... Yeah, maybe someone showing up. Hey, it was was Colwicky. He had the Hooters car. That's a possibility. Or maybe it was Pete Hamilton already reincarnated as an owl. Yeah. Sad to see the passing of uh, Pete Hamilton. Absolutely. This week, uh, one of the Superbird drivers... uh, and uh, one of the good guys from the sport as well. So uh, we lost another NASCAR uh, sort of fan favorite. He was very well liked by the fan base, despite being one of those guys that only won a few races in his lifetime. But uh, sad to see Pete Hamilton lost this week. Well, Laurie Monroe, you know what time it is now. Well, a dream oh, boy. A I yes. hear it. It is time to blow up somebody's stills. Laurie Monroe, tell the good folks of Milwaukee how this works. Well, 
Back in the day, as we all know, people had stills in their backyards like Dennis Michelson had. I've never had one, but he had one since he runs on the other side of the law. Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's illegal. So you typically ended up getting your still blown up. So we blow up some still every week, meaning something that we, we really didn't like the look of. And you can, too, if you send us an email, go over to racetalkradio.com, look us up there, send us an idea of what still you'd like to blow up, just like me right now. I want to blow up Austin Dillon just based on what we saw last weekend. It wasn't so much what he did on the track. That was bad enough. It was his attitude afterwards with his interview about, you know, what I think Jamie Little was there with him. You know, what are you going to discuss when NASCAR calls you and your crew chief to the trailer? I says, oh, we'll probably just sit and have a Coke. That bugged me. That bugged me more than what he did on the track. I understand guys losing their head the way he did, but that cocky attitude afterwards, like, oh yeah, like it's like NASCAR's not going to do anything. We're just going to sit and have a Coke. That bugged the heck out of me. Yeah, it's very strange the way he has behaved. When he first came wow. on the scene, yeah. when, he, when he first came on the NASCAR touring series scene, I, the kid I, was humble. I like the kid, too. Yeah, me too. Me too. Now, I did see him, though, coming up through the ranks, and I saw a little bit of that bratty Austin Dillon. There was a incident years ago when he was running. At that time, it was called Camping World East. Now it's K&N East. And he was running at Lime Rock, a, a road course up in Connecticut, and he was having a devil of a time keeping the the car on the course and late in the race uh, he got wide in one of the turns on the last lap and uh, Trevor Bain actually used him up pretty good getting by him for position and on the cool down lap Austin used his car as a slight weapon and then when they came on to pit lane he tried to pick a fight with Trevor Bain only to realize that Trevor Bain's a little larger and a little tougher than Austin Dillon and the two of them wow. were running around the car, but it was the same sort of a oh, deal wow. where, you know, that bratty Austin Dillon came out and, you know, I didn't see it at all for a while and now it's back and I don't like it either. No, it was, it was not good to see. You probably well, want to blow him up too for that. Well, I've got a different one, but oh, that is a okay. good contender. I yeah. this. No, I, I okay. went a little different way because I'm watching the race on Sunday And at one point, it was in the second segment of the race, and they they pop up the graphic that shows the lap leaders and the number of laps, and it says lap 10. And then they go away and they come back again, like five laps later, and they're showing that it's lap 87. And then they come (laughs) back like two minutes later to that graphic and they show that it's lap 92 of 312. Yeah. Can we just pick one and stay with it? I mean, I understand if you start out, you're showing 10 of 75 in that segment and then you're showing 25 or 30 to go. I get that switch, but switching back and forth, they had me confused as to what lap it was. So I was just, yeah. that I is just, confusing. Yeah, just stick with one. And and I kind of like showing them by segments, by stages. I, I like that countdown because that just kind of lets you know where you are in the race. It really doesn't matter that there's 312 laps in a race. It matters how many laps until the next break. Yeah, so I, yeah. I 
kind of like to see that countdown because you don't see them in NFL football show, you know, seven minutes on the clock in the first quarter and then come back and tell you there's 52 minutes left in the game. You know, they just break it down by quarters. And and I think NASCAR's television partners should do the same thing with the stages. Well, maybe they'll figure that out eventually. All right, Laurie. So I put it to you to decide yeah. which is the better still blowing this week. Well, as much as I want to vote for me, your still blowing affects all of us the way we watch. And that has bothered me as well. So I think we'll go with you. And in the meantime, we'll just make fun of Austin Dillon a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say, Austin, your hat's too big for your head or yeah. something else. Yeah. But as far as the graphics showing us the lap number, <laughs> nothing beats a good explosion. I'm telling I'm you. Kidding. Well, Lori, before we wrap things up, it's time to hit the NASCAR news. And NASCAR's got the official something for everything. But how about Aspen Dental being the official dentist of NASCAR? Well, I guess this is a neat situation, I suppose. I don't know. uh, I don't know how in-depth this really is. What's all involved in this? I don't understand what this news release was. I just hope everybody's they, got good teeth. Yeah, I just hope after the race that the driver doesn't have to, you know, like rinse and spit. I just we don't need that. But no, yeah, it is, I don't know uh, what what's what do you like? I can see there being a, an official chocolate bar of NASCAR. Everybody's gonna you know want to eat that. But Aspen Dental, I guess, if you want to support NASCAR, you got to go to Aspen Dental to get your teeth cleaned. I suppose it's, maybe it's just odd. But why should it be any different than anything else? Yeah, maybe they'll have a free gingivitis screening out at the track or something. Don't you love that? Absolutely. Also in the news, well, Furniture Row Racing proved that it's sometimes more dangerous getting to the track than being at the track. The Furniture Row Racing hauler involved in a wreck on the way to Fontana. You know, you wonder why this doesn't happen more often. These guys put on so many miles in a year. So many miles in a weekend. So, you know, stuff happens. That's a high traffic area out there on the West Coast, isn't it? Absolutely. They had a vehicle come off the shoulder of the road in front of them as they were rolling down the highway at speed. Made contact with this vehicle, causing damage to their front end. And it must have been a sizable vehicle that was involved because they did a hit and run thing. And uh, did not stop, unlike the Furniture Row racing hauler that stopped. And it just turned out that they have added dash cam uh, video to their rigs here this year. So they caught the culprit already. Oh, good. Really? Oh, I hope they post that somewhere online. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be fun indeed. Also in the news... Jimmy Johnson and NASA are teaming up for a ticket package at Richmond that's out of this world. God, I thought you were going to say uh, send fans to the moon or something. <laughs> that That's going to be next. That will be next. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool deal. It's uh, $48 for adults, of 24 for children to get of the course. special Jimmy Johnson seats. And they're going to have people from NASA there that are going to talk about STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math, and how 
the same sort of science that you need to study in order to be a rocket scientist with NASA is applicable to NASCAR racing. So pretty good good deal. And you get a Q&A session privately with Jimmy Johnson as well. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Yeah, well, back when we went to races, all it was was popcorn Sutton giving tips on how to make a worm for your still. So I guess things are looking up for, for the next generation. Absolutely. Well, California Speedway this week. Laurie, who's your pick to click? Would you believe I'm going to go with Kyle Busch? I would believe you're going with a Kyle Busch. That's a good track for Kyle. I'm going to stick and, and with could, Kevin Kudos Harvey. for him for bringing out those T-shirts as well to sort of poke fun at that deal with Logano. Yeah. Very cool deal as well. And I'm going to take Kevin Harvick because I'm determined to win a race by picking the same guy until he actually wins. Well, thanks for tuning in today to our NASCAR segment here on the final inspection. Mr. Steve Zotke coming up with more here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.